Hey everybody, how's it going? This is Jordan Pacheco from the Glad Trad Podcast, and today we're going to do a quick segment of Glad Trad Answers. So this is something you guys can do. If you have a question or maybe something you need a little help with, go ahead and send it to us via here on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, any way to get a hold of us. And uh, Rudy and I, whether in a singular video or collectively, we'll try to do our best to answer as best we can. So if you haven't already, go ahead and see Rudy's, which is talking about the uh, mysteries of the Holy Rosary and why traditionalists oftentimes don't pray the luminous mysteries. It's a really illuminating uh, thing to talk about. And I saw this comment actually on a, a, um, a group that I'm in in Facebook. It's, it's a group filled with uh, black traditional Catholics. Um, and so this question is a very common one. And so maybe uh, the person who, who sent it uh, will get a little bit of help. And those who are also interested in things like this, um, maybe this will help them as well. So it goes, uh, grace and peace. I have a question for those who converted to the Catholic Church as I'm in transition. Was it hard to tell family and friends? Because most of my family is Protestant and my friends, they think the Catholic Church worships the Holy Mother Mary and worships the Pope and statues any feedback will be helpful so that's a pretty common and a pretty great question so thank you for that um there's a couple of angles we can approach by uh first off let's just see what the general question is it seems like what do i say to protestants and others who believe that the catholic church worships or adores the blessed virgin mary and he talks later of course about the pope and statues so it seems like it's just a conglomeration of of shameless popery uh, so we'll hit them all one at a time. First off, let's just start with the basics. Does the Catholic Church worship the Virgin Mary? No. The Catholic Church never in her teachings, her dogmas, her doctrines anywhere um, worships anybody but the one true God. Worship and adoration belongs to the triune God and to God alone. After all, the first commandment says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. You shall have no other gods before me. So... Uh, Catholics are very, very clear about the fact that we worship God alone. That is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We do not worship the Virgin Mary. We do not worship the angels. We do not worship the saints. Um, and part of the confusion, or at least I think um, maybe a, a, an ignorance on the part of Protestants, is they say, well, what about your prayers to the saints? What about your prayers to the Virgin Marys? What about the way that you guys have rosaries and the way that you pray? Surely that's worship. And in order to refute this, let's look at what would probably the most be the most Marian prayer and the most common prayer in the Catholic Church, which is the Hail Mary. So again, we do not uh, worship the Virgin Mary, but what we do is just as we are allowed to ask others to intercede on our behalf to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, to pray to them, uh, there is no difference whether it is the church uh, militant here on earth or it's the church triumphant in heaven. In the communion of saints, we are allowed to ask intercession of those who are actually li literally closer to God by virtue of their sainthood. And who is a better intercessor in this regard than the Virgin Mary? And in order to back this up, let's talk a little bit about the Hail Mary prayer. So just for those who don't know, I'm going to just recite it first and then explain some really interesting points. So Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women and blessed is a fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now, for those who aren't Catholic, I ask you, where in that entirety of the prayer do we have a worship of Mary? Where do we say, Holy Mary, Mother of God, by your infinite will, grant that we beseech this humbly request that you grant it by your own volition? 
I mean, there's nowhere where it says this. And in fact, what's really incredible about the Hail Mary is actually it is literally just scriptured tethered together. So I have here uh, my my Trad Carry card. This is a Dewey Rems Bible um, in the St. Benedict Press. They made it. It's very, very good quality. quality. Uh, and this is the Bible that if you go to a Latin mass is probably what they're going to be reading out of. So I love the Dewey. I'll just make a quick side note. The Dewey is great. You should have one as a trad. Um, but I've cut my bread and butter in apologetics. And so um, for apologetics, I actually like to use currently this is a shameless plug. But where I work, the Augustine Institute just made a Bible, which is the uh, English Standard Version of the Catholic edition of the Bible. We call it the Augustine Bible. But, you know, it's it's all 73 books in the standard uh, English uh, standard uh, version. And it's very good, but the reason why I'm gonna use the Duray for this particular thing is because in the ESV over here, um, well, you'll see. Okay, so let's go ahead and hop to Luke. Luke chapter one, verse 28. And the angel being come in said unto her, hail full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. So in other words, the opening third of the Hail Mary is just scripture from Luke. And here's something interesting to know about names in the Bible. This is why I like the Dure version a little bit over the ESV for this particular passage. In the ESV, it says, Hail, O favored one. Now, what we have to realize is that the angel is referring to Mary as God refers to Mary. So Mary isn't just Mary to God, but actually is she who is full of grace right off the bat. Um, and so we know instinctively, naturally, that Mary has to hold a pretty revered place because how can we, without any interaction with God in this kind of capacity, just be full of grace? Can you imagine if if an angel popped up and said, hail, O favored one, hail you full of grace? It obviously means that Mary has a significant place in salvation history. And this is going to get into later why we talk about Catholic doctrines, like the fact that Mary was conceived without original sin. But anyway, so there's a first third of our Hail Mary. Hail Mary full of grace the lord is with thee so the, if unless you want to object to scripture there's nothing objectionable about that now what about the second part blessed art thou amongst women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb well actually this too comes from scripture so right after the angel uh visits in the in the annunciation and tells mary that she is to give birth to the savior of the world and we have mary's fiat be it done unto me according to thy word what we say instead is that mary in haste went over to her cousin elizabeth because elizabeth in her in advanced years was pregnant with john the baptist in luke chapter 1 verse 42 okay i'm going to back up actually go to verse 41 and it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the infant in her womb leapt. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she cried in a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, which we of course know is Jesus. So again, the first two-thirds of the Hail Mary is just scripture. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. That is what the angel says to her. And then St. Elizabeth says later, Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is a fruit of thy womb. So, what is the last third then? The last third is just a focus of our petition. Holy Mary, which is true, Mary is recognized by name as she who is full of grace, she who is favored. Holy Mary, right? Obviously, she has to be holy because she's full of grace. Mother of God, Theotokos, completely true. Mary is a mother of God. God incarnate in the flesh, fully human, fully divine, 
had a human person in a uh, human parent, I'm sorry, in the Blessed Virgin Mary. So nothing heretical, nothing objectionable, no Catholic trickery here. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Now, this is interesting. If we were to worship the Virgin Mary, why would we ask her to pray? You see, in order for us to ask someone to pray for us, then that means that there needs to be something higher than even the Blessed Virgin Mary that we're appealing to. And obviously, who is higher than the Blessed Virgin Mary? It's God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So it's inside the prayer demonstrating that we do not worship, we do not adore Mary, but instead we venerate. And this is the word I know that some Protestants might find a little strange. But what does veneration mean? We'll get into it a little bit later. But Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So for those who are trying to, to navigate this with their Protestant family or friends, ask them to go through the Hail Mary and simply point out where the objectionable content is. And I think that they'll be surprised that there actually isn't a lot. Now, what does it mean by veneration? Okay, so Catholics have a really, really, really wonderful thing. It's scriptural. It is based on sacred scripture. It's based on sacred tradition. Catholics believe in the communion of the saints. This means that when somebody dies and goes to heaven, they're not just instantly cut off from here on earth, which we're called the church militant, but rather their prayers united to God the Father, they now have the special ability to intercede on our behalf. And what does that simply mean? That simply means this. When I have something I need to pray about, right? Right. We know that where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst, saith saith the Lord. So if I have something I really need to meditate and pray about, I will sometimes ask a friend, I'll ask Rudy, hey, do you mind praying about this, you know, for me or with me? Do you mind asking God? That's what prayer is. Prayer is petition. Um, there's multiple prayers, I suppose. But prayer is that conversation to God the Father, conforming our lives and our wills to that of Christ. And so what do we find? We find that, uh, that it's natural that we say, hey, can you pray uh, for this thing to happen? You know, would you mind? That's completely standard amongst Protestants and Catholics here on earth. Well, the same is with heaven. You see, the communion of saints, the church triumphant in heaven, doesn't just cease interceding for us. See, the thing about it is that veneration is when we petition, when we honor the saints and those who have gone before us. There's no worship, there's no adoration, but it is giving proper contextual glory to the creator for the creation. And we know that there are some saints who take particular special interest, as they did on earth, with certain matters, right? So we know that there's a reason why we all pray uh, to uh, to St. Anthony uh, whenever we lose our keys or something. Or I, I pray to Sir Thomas More a lot of times for justice. Um, so here's something interesting to think about. This veneration doesn't just happen in Catholic circles. You ever seen the um, you ever seen the stand for the flag, kneel for the cross shirts that a lot of Protestant patriots wear? Well, if you looked at a Protestant kneeling before a cross, would you say that that's idolatry? Would you say that they are worshiping that piece of wood? Of course not. But rather, they're worshiping the Creator, the one who hung his entire life out on the cross. And thus do we have with Mary. We have a great intercessor and a great friend. And I'll, Rudy and I will have to get into this sometime, but I just watched Chosen. And what's very interesting is that Mary has this ability as mother of Christ for her son to listen and obey. So we see this when Jesus is lost uh, in the temple in Jerusalem when he's a little boy. Mary looks at him in, in the series and says, please don't do that again. And he says, yes, mother. 
And then at the wedding feast of Cana, if you if you read the wedding feast of Cana, what's very interesting is that Christ tells her, woman, my time has not yet come. And Mary says, please, essentially. Mary looks at the servant and says, do whatever he tells you. So Mary is the catalyst for Christ's mission here on earth in that sort of regard. In other words, Mary can be our intercessor because she is our intercessor at Cana, right? We've run out of wine. We would like some wine. Do we go to Christ? Well, we can, certainly. Obviously, we know that, that Christ is the mediator between God and man. But Mary becomes such a great intercessor for us because if we go to her with our sincere petitions, uh, it conforms her will, her impeccability, allowing her to go to her son. And her son, of course, being a good son, seldom denies uh uh, his mother. Now, the other little parts of this thing, and worship the Pope and statues. Well, this is demonstrable. I think I talked a little bit about veneration with the cross, but again, it's perfectly acceptable to honor the, you know, the to, to praise a creator through creation. Okay. So again, adoration and worship belong to God and to God alone. And so we do not pray to statues. That'd be, that'd be ridiculous. Statues are stones, but what statues represent the life of the saints, the life of the church triumphant, they represent uh, God who watches over us. They're reminders, just like sacramentals, right? Just like the scapula around my neck, just like uh, I have a rosary uh, sitting right past camera. So these things are reminders of the great eternal kingdom and the reminder that we pray to God. And there's nothing wrong with reminders. And I think what's very funny about both Christian media as it moves nowadays is that there are a lot of Protestants who are having to get that as we see a desire for beauty and truth in the church and inside Protestantism. Uh, we see that mediums like art, <laughs> whether it's in film or in painting uh, is being happened upon with a lot more Protestants who might've been more hostile to it. So no, we don't pray to statues. Um, that's silly. Uh, we don't get bent out of shape. Like you've crucified our Lord. It, I mean, we'll get bent out of shape if you destroy it, obviously a statue of, of Jesus or the saints or something, but it's not the same as if you were to trample the Eucharist underfoot or something because the Eucharist is a body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord. And finally, uh, this last little bit, uh, worship the Pope. Um, I don't know if you've been around for the past 2000 years, but I would just ask, where do we exactly worship the Pope? Maybe they'll try to bring up papal infallibility, but there's such a narrow definition of papal infallibility. But even then, that's not the worship of the Pope. Uh, in fact, we pray to God for the intentions of the Pope. Again, if we worshiped the Holy Father, then why would we need to appeal to some higher authority like God in order for his intentions? So this is just kind of sometimes, I think, especially now in the 21st century, there have been so many great tools that Catholics have had to dismantle the extremely flimsy arguments that Protestants and others sometimes levy against us as idolatrous, as pagans, as not giving the proper honor and glory to God. But uh, it is up to us as, as Catholics, as good sons and daughters of the church, to really seek out those tools. So again, um, there are plenty of courses. Catholic Answers is a great place for awesome apologetics work. Uh, there are plenty of YouTubers who are good at this. I think that what's nice to see is that there are a lot of Protestants whose walls are being breaking, broken down over these things. So if you haven't already, um, Matt Frad and Capturing Christianity have some of the best videos of Christendom on YouTube right now. Really good discussions on breaking apart uh, Protestant misconceptions towards Catholics. So if you haven't, go ahead and check out that sort of thing. Um, I don't think you'll be very disappointed. 
Bishop Barron, especially his earlier videos, uh, was pretty good about some of the. He was breaking apart what he called the uh, the YouTube heresies back in the back in the back in the Wild West days uh, before before Christ became the privileged way. So, uh, <laughs> but there's there's plenty of resources to find. Um, and Catholic Answers has a really good YouTube page. Obviously, here on the Glad Trad podcast, we would love to answer these sorts of things. So I know a bit of a long video, but I hope that that helps. Um, one thing, the last takeaway to keep in mind is this, that as Catholics, we can no longer be scared of the Bible. And the reason why is because the church wrote the Bible. By that, I mean to say the church sanctified the Bible. The writers of the Bible were Catholic. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the New Testament, I should say. Um it took church councils to decide that they were going to be, I think it's 27 books of the of the New Testament, but don't quite quote me on that. Um, but we need to stop being scared about it. And I think that now, because of all these tools around us, the best kind of Catholic, the most dangerous kind of Catholic to the world of the Protestants and to other denominations like the Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses that knock on your door, is a Catholic that is armed not just in sacred tradition, but in sacred scripture. And I think that if we approach the Bible through there are plenty of ways to approach it we see that you have to have your left eye fixed on the jewish lens right the lens of the old testament and then you have to have your your catholic lens which is the lens of the new testament and understanding that world and the world of holy mother church uh these are extremely powerful rebuttals to a lot of protestant claims and you really do begin to see an authentic hermeneutic continuity with church uh sacred teaching and sacred scripture and the magisterium all working together so it's really beautiful but we can't be afraid of this. So if you haven't picked up your Bible in a hot second, go ahead and do so. Um, but I hope that this has helped the person who asked this question. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you all for your support. Please go ahead and like, comment, subscribe. And the best way to help out this channel, honestly, is just to share these videos. Share them with Catholics. Share them with Protestants. Share them with friends and family who have fallen away. Share them with friends and families who are on fire for their faith. But every little bit helps. So... Thank you so much. God bless you. Mary keep you. We'll see you on the next one.